welcome back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm research analyst Nick Antonucci, joined today by Jennifer Thomas from our planning department and Dan Deluzio from our tax department. And uh, we'll jump back in to listen to some of our uh, listener questions, answering some of our listener questions. I can't seem to say that right today. Listen to our listener questions when I should say answer our listener questions. Nonetheless, let's dig into them, guys. Um, this first one is Larry from Woodstock. He writes, I was talking to my broker, and he mentioned something about an ex-dividend date on some of my holdings. I heeded his advice, but I really don't know what an ex-dividend date is. Can you explain? So, yeah, Larry, it's actually really simple. There's two important dates you need to focus on when determining if you're going to receive a dividend from a stock, the record date and the ex-dividend date. Now, neither of these are going to be the date in which you receive it, but, again, they're important if you want to receive it. So when a company declares a dividend, it's going to set a record date when you must be on the company's books as a shareholder to receive that dividend. Once that date's set, the ex-date, the ex-dividend date is set based on exchange rules, which call for a two-day settlement. So if I purchase Apple stock today, it's going to take two uh, business days for that stock to settle. Um, So the ex-dividend date is the date after which people buying shares would not be entitled to the dividend. The ex-dividend date is usually two days prior to the record date in order to give the custodian time to register all new shareholders. So bottom line is if you buy shares prior to the ex-dividend date, you're good to go. You're going to receive the dividend. If you buy it after that, don't count on that quarter or semi-annual dividend. Now, you'll get it in the next one, but not in that particular case. But you shouldn't really worry about whether or not you're buying it before or after the the ex-dividend date because typically what happens is on the ex-dividend date – the stock drops in value by the in amount accordance. of the dividend. You're right. So you're right. so what happens is they've taken that dividend out and they're paying it to the shareholders. So now you're buying the stock at a lower price. You will get the next dividend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a so one dividend benefit of it. Mm-hmm. One dividend payment should never drive your investment decision. No. If if you have conviction in buying a particular name, you should do that regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not you're going to receive the dividend. Because again, you know it's it's investing. You should be forward looking. And, and you should be buying it with, with the notion that you'll continue to receive that dividend, and hopefully they'll grow the dividend in the future. Yeah. Well, and they do the record date and X date, even with you know with stock splits, it's the same thing. It is. You know, because sometimes people are trying to buy it before it splits, or you know, not and not buy it after, but it really shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy more shares after the split at the, you know, at a different price. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we'll shift gears here a little bit now and uh, take some listener questions. Um, you can send us your qu- questions throughout the week. Uh, you can call them into our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. Leave us a voicemail there, and we'll answer them on the air. Or you can email us at drgene, D-R-G-E-N-E, at hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Jennifer, this is probably more in your wheelhouse. Arthur from Morrow uh, wrote in, what are the new rules for 401k hardship withdrawals? Well, the Bipartisan Budget Act passed um, in early 2018 relaxed some of those rules. Um, Not all plans offer hardship withdrawals, but the ones that do um, are required to comply with the the new rules. And in order to take a hardship withdrawal from a 401K or a similar plan – they have to demonstrate what they call an immediate and heavy financial need. And that is defined by the IRS. Um, Certain expenses are determined to be immediate and heavy, which include certain medical expenses, costs related to the purchase of a principal residence, 
tuition and related education fees and expenses, payments necessary to prevent eviction from or foreclosure on a principal residence, burial or funeral expenses, and certain expenses for the repair or damage to the employee's principal residence. Um, it's and these are there's caps on these too, is there not? Well, I think it's what they can they can pull out only what is needed for that particular need. They okay. can't pull out any more than that. It's that plus the taxes due for that need, you know, or yeah, the you're withdrawal. Have to, you have to have receipts and prove that. Right. Right. So you have to purpose. kind of prove what it's for. Um, it's not considered um, uh, an immediate or heavy financial need. Um you know, for some things like if if you they look at both the husband and the spouse, so they look at it's not just one or the other. But like if you have a vacation home, you know, things like that that they're gonna look at differently than they will, um, you know, your personal residence. Sure, primary residence. So you have to just kind of really um, check to see whether or not it will fit in those categories. Um, some of the uh, current rules, which are going to change uh, in 2019, uh, to determine if a hardship withdrawal is qualified, an employer may rely on an employee's written statement that the need cannot be met using other financial resources. Um, those resources include insurance, liquidation of other, other assets, or commercial loans. Um, in many cases, an employee may also be required to take a plan loan first. Um, withdrawal proceeds can generally only come from the participants' own elective deferrals as well as non-elective contributions, matching contributions, um, and certain other amounts. Um, and finally, individuals who take a hardship withdrawal are prohibited from making contributions to the plan and therefore receiving any related matching contributions for six months. But beginning in 2019, participants will no longer be required to exhaust the plan loan options first. Um, withdrawal amounts can also come from earnings on participant deferrals as well as qualified non-elective and matching contributions and earnings. And the participants will no longer be barred from contributing to the plan for six months. Yeah, so, so. I mean... The rules can be complicated. It's a lot to take, lot to take in at once, but you can get a copy of these, I'm sure, from your plan provider. If this is a situation you find yourself mm -hmm. in, reach mm -hmm. out to your plan provider. And I'm all, sure they all can these walk you plans through. have different nuances. Sure, so you yeah. definitely need a copy from your yeah, plan absolutely. Provider. Yeah, so you just need to go to your, mm -hmm. you know, your um, HR department, and they mm -hmm. can get you in contact with who you need to, to find out the provisions for your plan. Absolutely. Well, complicated question. Um, good answer. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, our next question came in from Adam via Twitter, and you can submit your questions via Twitter as well. Use the hashtag AskHensler um, and, you know, tweet us in your questions. We'd love to answer them. Uh, this particular one is something I, I love seeing this one because it's something I've owned in the past. And um, what do you think of Square? I bought shares in 2015 and then sold them mid-2017 before its bump. I got, got in again during a price dip in December 2017. The past month has been a little rocky, just really looking for some guidance. Um, and, yeah, if you got back in in December 2017, you've done quite well. It's about doubled since then. Um, I bought uh, Square a couple years ago, I think around 10. It got up to 20. I was like, oh, 100% gain. I don't think it really has momentum to go higher. It went up to $101 earlier this year. So uh, you're doing you're doing better than I did for sure. Um, but just because it continues to go up like that doesn't mean there's it's not the right time to sell. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Square is, if you've ever gone to, let's say, a farmer's market or kind of like a – 
small business, a boutique, something like that, and they've swiped your card on that white-looking iPad machine, chances are that's uh, that's a Square machine. They've basically pioneered the micro-merchant card acceptance um, and, and have seen tremendous growth. In about nine years, they've grown to about $80 billion in annualized card volume, serving more than 2 million active sellers. Um, and they continue to show impressive growth. Revenue is growing 29% year-over-year still in the third quarter. Um, but that being said, the company's growth has started to come from a different business segment. Uh, you won't hear a lot about this, but Square Capital provides small business loans. And in Q3, Square Capital facilitated over 62,000 business loans for a total of $405 million. That's a 34% increase from 2017. So you have to recognize that the business is changing. And that's the growth isn't necessarily going to come from payment volumes as it has in the past. And as the business changes to these kind of small business loans – the risk profile of the company changes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it it's it's not the same relying on transactions only. Where if you know things things go down, hopefully you know, obviously revenues are going to come down, but they'll be able to weather the storm differently than if we have a credit crunch and you know credit quality in the U.S. continues to deteriorate. They're holding these loans that uh, you know potentially could be bad. So I, I think probably at the valuation it's at right now, it's fully valued in my opinion. Um, down around $70. So it's off that $101 high that we saw earlier in the year. But you've doubled your money. I think it's probably time to take some chips off the table. If you still wanted to kind of have some exposure, I'd say at least sell half of it. And then, you know, you're kind of playing with the house's money from there on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal opinion is that, you know, it does look pricey at these levels and, and the company is changing. Uh, so it's probably a good time to go ahead and pull the trigger on on that sell. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that answered uh question for you. Uh, next, I hold shares of Rosetta Stone. This is Brent from Vinings. I bought it thinking that multilingual, sorry, multilingual would be the next niche in business, so more people would be brushing up on their Spanish, German, Japanese, etc. And it did well over the last year. I nearly doubled my money. Now the forecast is a little more than 15% growth uh, for next year. Is it worth holding on to? And really, if you look at it over the last month, it's pulled back significantly, uh, some 20%. Uh, Rosetta Stone is a name I'd stay away from. Very competitive. Uh, you've got competitors like Babel, Fluentu, Berlitz, uh, Duolingo that are gaining a lot of share in the market. So Rosetta Stone suffering. They haven't reported uh, positive revenue growth in more than six years. Earnings are negative. Companies continuing to take on more debt. And while they do seem to have a new CEO in there who's kind of driving the company in a new direction, I haven't seen that come to fruition yet. It's you know the company's not really proven itself. So at this point, I'd stay away. If you have a gain in it especially, take your money and run from this one. Um, It doesn't meet our investment criteria, and it's not something we would recommend that you hold on to in the future. Uh, Next one, one more planning one here. Edward from Kennesaw. Do military military retirement benefits affect Social Security? Generally, there's no reduction in Social Security benefits. Um, You can collect both Social Security benefits and military retirement pay once you reach a certain time threshold in activity, um, in, in active duty, the reserves or the National Guard. Um, you also you can get your full Social Security benefit based on your earnings history. And in addition, if you participate in the Department of Defense program survivor benefit plan, the amount paid to the surviving plan beneficiary is no longer reduced when the beneficiary is eligible for Social Security. All right. 
Well, guys, we don't have too much time left on the show, so I kind of want to spend the last minute or so uh, talking about the the week ahead. Um, you know, we've seen volatility in the markets the past few weeks. This week uh, seems like we're going to close on a positive note so far. Uh, recording this on Thursday and things look good. Um, but looking ahead to the, to next week, we've got an employment situation. We've got ISM manufacturing services, three big data points that will kind of probably drive the market. Um, and then, you know, we'll look ahead to a couple weeks from now when we have our uh, final Fed meeting of the year. 80% likelihood that we get another Fed increase. You know, the language coming out of there, does that, you know, spur fear in the market so that the, the Fed will keep their the pedal to the metal? Um, I don't know. Um, but all in all, I think, you know, stay the course, uh, you know, if you're invested for the long term, especially don't let these small little hiccups scare you too much. And, uh, I guess we'll give our forecast for the week ahead. I think we'll be higher next week. What do you guys think? I'm going to say up. I'm, I'm with you. Up. All right. We're optimistic. Well, thank you for listening to Money Talks. Have a great weekend. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.